morning, church. Pastor Corby, um, Family Life Pastor here. It's good to uh, be here this morning. I'm honored to have the opportunity to, to share this morning. We are uh, week four of Advent. We've uh, been through this greater series, greater hope, greater peace, greater love, and this morning we get to spend some time talking about greater joy, and, and really this idea that this greater joy comes from an internal source that we as followers of Christ uh, have and that dwells in us, and so uh, I'm excited to be here and share with you this morning. As I was thinking about this idea of joy and, and really contrasting joy and happiness, I was reminded of a family vacation we did back in 2011. You know, our kids, Cameron and Logan, were eight and nine at that point, and we're like, hey, this is a great age to take the kids to the happiest place on earth. And so uh, we, like, plan, make all the plans and, and, and travel to Florida to this to this. Uh, Destination and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can turn to your neighbor and ask them if they probably know what I'm talking about, the happiest place on earth. Uh, it, I believe it's a little bit of a lie that they communicate to us uh, because uh, if you've been there, if you've, uh, if you've been to this uh, place with lots of rides and lots of people and long lines and it doesn't take you very long to realize, okay, this isn't very happy. Uh, there's a lot of tension. Uh, a lot of uh, just a lot of things that cause happiness to kind of flee flee away, and 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 all of a sudden there's tension. So, but we were at, at the park, one of the parks, and uh, and we were Logan for some reason wore flip flops that day. I'm not sure it's not a great choice for uh, walking around a theme park, uh, but somehow he ended up with a splinter in his foot. Uh, walking across from the bridges, and it wasn't a very happy moment for any of us at that point. Uh, and so we had to find a medical tent and and get this fixed. And so uh, as we kind of recapped and and thought about the the, the trip afterwards, and we, my wife and I often talk talk about this, the, the our kids' favorite moment about that trip was the pool at the resort. Uh, so I was like, we could do that anywhere, right? We don't need to travel to Florida for that. So, but the, the, why why I share that is because uh, you know this. This place claims to be the happiest place on earth. And, and we recognize that happiness is uh, as a result of external influences, right? And those influences can change on a dime and things can happen and, and all of a sudden that happiness goes away and we, we're no longer happy. And, and as we think and process what, what it means to have greater joy, we're re- I want you to recognize and realize that this greater joy comes from an internal source that doesn't change, that doesn't uh, just fl- flee away when circumstances aren't going the way, the way we think so. We, think they should go. It's, it's deeper. It's inner. It's found only in Jesus. And, and Jesus is this child that was born in, in this season we celebrate over Christmas time, right? The birth of Jesus Christ. God came to be with us. He brought inner peace and joy and hope, this greater things that we can only find in him. It's really a joy. It's a fruit of the spirit that we receive when we are followers of Christ. And this joy is a overflowing of this inner being this inner feeling of, of Jesus being in us and living and dwelling with us. I was also reminded of uh, this, uh, this popular Christmas movie, The Grinch, this week as I was processing and planning. And, and if you've watched The Grinch, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas at all over the season, maybe you don't like the movie, and I'm, I'm sorry if you don't like it, but uh, I... I was thinking about that moment when the Grinch has, he has stolen all the presents and all the Christmas decorations and he has, he's at the top of the cliff, right? Ready to push it over the cliff. 
and thinking, oh, I did it. I've stolen their, their happiness. I've stolen Christmas. They can't celebrate anymore because I've taken all the, the things away that they used to celebrate. And in that moment, you see the, the Grinch perking, his ears perking up and he's listening and he's recognizing there's, there's a sound coming from Whoville. And, it, and that sound he hears is not what he expected. It's not like crying and, and anger. It's not like these, peop, these who's like being uh, sad. It's actually the who's singing and, and enjoy celebrating the season without all the decorations and all the gifts. And so in that moment, Dr. Seuss writes this quote, I think is powerful and I think it's something we can learn from it's is this maybe christmas doesn't come from a store maybe christmas perhaps means a little bit more and I, my hope this morning is that you walk away and recognize that this that our our season of celebrating the birth of jesus does not come from the happiness does not come from the gifts and the wrapping paper and all the things it's way more than that and we have this gift to go into the world and share this joy to the world the birth of Jesus, the Savior, the King, coming to earth to do his great work. So we're gonna turn this morning to this great birth announcement that the angels do. They give to the shepherds in Luke chapter two. If you have Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. You can follow along the screens. And we will read about these angels declaring the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter two, verses eight to 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all the things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. We see in this passage, this extraordinary birth announcement goes far beyond party poppers and fireworks. It's the, the sky is filled with angels declaring that Jesus is born and to these shepherds, to these, these people who would have been considered probably outcasts and, and ordinary uh, people. So I think the significance here is the fact that the angels come to shepherds says in verse eight that in the same region there were shepherds out in a field keeping watch over their flock and their location I think is important in this, in this passage. 
The shepherds were in the same region. They were close to Bethlehem. They were within walking distance, maybe, of, of where Jesus was born. And they weren't far out in the wilderness with a, with a herd of sheep. They were close by. This maybe is, this is important because these sheep that these shepherds were watching were good, probably the sacrificial lambs that would have been going to be sacrificed. They maybe were the yearlings, the, the ones that they were watching over to be, and being prepared for, for sacrifice. These angels didn't come to the political leaders or the religious leaders. They came to ordinary, humble shepherds who were close by. The Messiah was for all people. And the message is clear as the angels declare it to the shepherds. Not only the location is important, but it says in verse 12 that the angels give this sign that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger and, and this infant king lying in a manger, a feeding trough, wrapped in cloths real tightly. And the shepherds would have been able to identify the uh, sacrificial lamb and they would have been able to identify the fact that this, this baby was unique and, and he was destined for something special and different because as the, the keepers of the lambs, the, the, the newborn lambs that were born, they would have wrapped them up tightly and, and, and guarded them and protected them from getting harmed so that they could go and be sacrificed. And in this message, the angels are saying, listen, you're gonna find in this feeding trough a baby that's wrapped in clothes and that's how you're gonna identify who he is and, and the importance of this king, this one that was born. This good shepherd, the Messiah, being born as the Lamb of God who would be sacrificed for our sins, for the sins of the world. And these shepherds were the first to hear this good news the angels were bringing. This good news, this birth of Jesus brought angels out to the sky, right? They were, I imagine for a moment the angels in heaven just waiting in anticipation. They, they knew that Jesus was born in that moment and they were like, we wanna announce it to someone. These angels were ready and they come to the shepherds. These angels, I think, are important to identify. The message they bring is important. We see throughout the gospel at the beginning of, of Jesus' life, the angel coming to Zechariah to announce uh, the birth of John the Baptist and then to Mary to tell her that she would be the mother of, uh, of God's son. And now this glorious angel has come to these shepherds to bring an important message. They say, fear not, for our, uh, we bring you good news of great joy. This good news is the gospel the angels are delivering the gospel message to the world, to these shepherds. And they're saying, hey, listen, someone has been born. God has been born. This, the good news has come and, and it shifts their fear, this great fear the shepherds have to great joy and excitement and the desire to share with others. See, joy comes to all people, not just those who are religious leaders or in power. The shepherds are, are normal, everyday people, and angels come and bring this joy to the world, this message of the good news to them. God brushed aside the world's fears and provided the world with a reason for joy. See, joy centers not on something we earn or possess or, or get, but joy comes from God's gift, a tiny baby in a feed trough. 
but what a baby. This baby born in David's town, the child, this child clasped the heaven's greatest names in his small fist. These names are given by the angels as they declare this, this message to the, to, the, to the shepherds. For unto you is this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. These three names are important names that are given to this baby. These names should elicit great joy in us as we recognize that this Savior who is born is coming to be our Messiah, our Christ and Lord. The first name we see is this Savior, Jesus. The angels say he is our Savior. He is the one that saves from danger or destruction. He is the one who brings salvation. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the one who saved us from our destructive patterns and, and, and our, our destination of hell. And he came to be our deliverer, our redeemer, our rescuer. Jesus, we often take for granted or often look for, to other things to be our Savior. We sometimes look to situations or our marriage or our family or, or our jobs or our finances and we look to those things for happiness and, and we go after and chase after these things but none of that will bring us the joy that Jesus can only give. These things are fleeting and they're based upon circumstances and we may have momentary happiness based from those things but it's not the joy that Jesus brings, our Savior Jesus is the only one who can truly save us. He is the only one who can truly meet our deepest needs and longings. He is the only one who can forgive us. Jesus is the only one who laid down his life for our lives. Jesus, born as our Savior. The next name that the angels give this baby is, he is Christ Christ means Messiah. He's the one who has been sent by God to save the world. Jesus Christ is the person who was expected by the people. They were reading the prophecy and, and anticipating, and now all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, had come, not as expected, not as a roller, but as a baby, as an infant lying in a manger. He came to save people from our very bad situation. Second Corinthians five seventeen to nineteen kind of reiterates this idea that Christ Jesus came to reconcile us to make us right with God. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we, when we are reconciled with Christ, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we believe that Jesus has done what he said he did, would do. We then have the opportunity to then go and take that message into the world the message of reconciliation. It's, it should bring us joy. It should bring us excitement. It should drive us into our communities to tell the world about it. Jesus, see, Jesus Christ is the Messiah who was sent to reconcile us to God. He came to earth knowing that he would be the substitutionary payment. 
for our sin. Christ was sinless and took on our sin. He was stripped and beaten, killed for mankind. Jesus, we have done nothing to deserve this, and we can do nothing to earn it. It is, the only, it is only when we believe that you, Jesus, have done this for us that we are reconciled to God. The final name, the third name that, that the angels give, he says he's Savior, Christ, and Lord. Lord means he is the one who has power and authority over all. He is leadership, he, and he deserves, and, he, and he, he, he should get our service and obedience. He's a ruler, he is God. John, John 17, verses seven to 11, and then verse 14 kind of speak to this idea of, of God and Jesus being in unity and, and being one, and, and this is his prayer that Jesus gives to, to, uh, in, to us before he... to whom we should be serving and obeying because it's due. Jesus, you are the beloved Lord. You have gentle authority over us. You provide for us and you can be trusted. We owe Jesus our service, our obedience and our worship. The angels give these three names to Jesus. The angel delivered this message. He is Christ, Savior, and Lord. And then the sky is filled with multitude of angels, a heavenly host, it says. And they begin singing these words, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. This message is clear that God is the highest. He deserves to be, to be praised and Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11 really reiterate this idea that Christ did not see himself as something to be grasped as his, his power and authority, but he came to the earth. And so we read in Philippians chapter 2, this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, Jesus was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He deserves our praise. He, this should drive, this greater joy that is in us should drive us to go into our communities, into our neighborhoods, and respond as the shepherds did. The shepherds, we read it in verse 20, they returned to their job. They returned glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen. It was, they were excited to go back to wherever they came from and say, this is what happened. They were spreading the gospel. The commentary that I read this week says this about the shepherds. These shepherds were good examples for us to imitate today. 
They received by faith the message God sent them and then they responded with immediate obedience. After finding the baby, they reported the good news to others, glorifying and praising God and they took the place of the angels and they humbly returned to their duties, new men going back to the same old jobs. These shepherds took the message of the gospel and they went into their community, into their neighborhoods and spread it because they were filled with this great joy, this greater joy that was going to be found nowhere else. My challenge for you this week, my, my call to us as a church is this, that we would be carriers of the joy to the world. May we be people who declare joy to the world. This good news, this, this gospel should elicit great joy in us, in our hearts. It should overflow and ooze out of us because we have been given this gift. God came to be with us and in, in doing that, he gives us opportunity to go into, into the world and spread the joy. This season is a prime opportunity for us, the church, to share the joy that is found only in Jesus. Unfortunately, oftentimes as believers, we're more like Grinch, right? We kind of hold it to ourselves and we, we, we kind of keep it in and we don't go out. We, we get caught up in the, all the busyness of the season and we kind of forget why we celebrate Christmas. We allow the, the things of the world, the temporary happinesses to, to consume us and we get distracted. May we not, not be like Grinch this year, but may we be bearers of the great joy, carriers of this great joy into the world. The gospel message of Jesus came to be with us. May we, the church, may our homes be known as the most joyful places, most joyful people on earth this season and all year around. Ones that far outweigh the claims of the happiest place on earth because we have true joy that is only found in Jesus. Church, let us not be accused of claiming that the season is full of joy, but walk around like wrenches that steal joy from people. But may we remember that Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. I'm gonna close with this quote from an Advent reading I did this, this past week. It's from the book's called Hope Has Come. It says this, this Advent season, let us run with endurance the race God has for us casting off every sin and his snares and joyfully pressing on to a greater knowledge of him. Let us praise Jesus for his sacrifice on the cross and triumph over the grave. Let us examine our hearts for entangling sin. And may we trust in the greater joy of following God. Let us worship the only one who brings us to life everlasting. He is our delight, our king, the victor who was joyful in life and in death. May we be carriers of great joy to the world this season.